Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday and we are doing breaches of the week as always. And as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me this information because it always helps me out. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way and I'm happy to give you a shout out both here and also on my nationally syndicated radio show as well. And so for this week, thank you very much to Chris Fellon, Andrei Stryukov, and Sam Wise. I assume no relation to Sam Wise Ganges. Now with that, Let's keep on rolling on because there is a lot to cover and we are starting with Norton LifeLock. You've probably heard of them. Now, I mentioned actually them in yesterday's video on password managers getting hit and here we are because thousands of Norton LifeLock customers had their accounts compromised in recent weeks, potentially allowing criminals access to their password managers and that is according to Norton LifeLock. Now, in this notice to their customers, the parent company of Norton LifeLock Gen Digital said that the likely culprit was a credential stuffing attack, where previously exposed or breached credentials are used to break into accounts on different sites and services that share the same passwords rather than compromise of its own system. So if you're a Norton LifeLock customer, obviously change your passwords, enable their multi-factor authentication, which should be enforced on you out of the gate. I talked about that yesterday. If you want more in-depth information, go see that video or listen to that podcast. Moving on, let's talk about Community Healthcare Network, specifically one of their affiliates, Fisher's Digestive Care in the state of Indiana. They confirmed that third-party tracking technologies were installed into their websites, including their MyChart patient portal. Based on the results of that investigation, Community Health determined the type of information, basically that, that this was being captured by this third party varies. Quote, our investigation was unable to determine whether and to what extent each user interacted with these data fields, so we cannot say with certainty what information was involved. Now, if this is anything like the previous breaches um, of third parties being scraped, like Facebook and Google integrating their software development kits into my chart, which we saw a huge uh, slew of come to light in 2022, this will be no different. So just assume that if you are a patient of the Fisher's Digestive Care uh, affiliate of Community Health Network in in uh, Indiana and you've used the MyChart portal, that information has been scraped by a third party, probably a Facebook or an advertising firm. Heads up to you. Moving on. I want to give you an update on LastPass. As you know, they've been involving a couple of breaches, evolving a couple of breaches in the last few months. And I've also did a video recommending not using them anymore. And here's what's going on now. An anonymous plaintiff has now filed a class action lawsuit against LastPass after the company suffered those two data breaches within four months last year. I mentioned this was coming and here we are. Now the suit, which was filed by an anonymous plaintiff referred to simply as John Doe with the United States District Court of Massachusetts alleges that LastPass failed to, and I quote, exercise reasonable care in securing and safeguarding highly sensitive consumer data. Now, the lawsuit also alleges that the bad actors could, and I quote, wreak financial havoc on the lives of LastPass users, end quote, that were affected by this breach. The plaintiff has accused also LastPass of, quote, likely storing the master passwords of users, uh, basically the sole way of unlocking the user's password vault and accessing their login information, meaning that users' passwords would have been accessed during that breach. In other words, LastPass was storing the master password that might have been easily accessible. This obviously would allow malicious parties to access a number of user accounts, including those that are storing things like banking and payment information. So obviously, the fallout continues from LastPass. <coughs> Excuse me, we knew class actions were coming, and here they are. Moving on. 
Let's talk about Bay Bridge Administrators out of Texas because uh, Austin, Texas, specifically because BBA or Bay Bridge Administrators suffered a data security incident that apparently impacted individuals enrolled in some of their employment insurance benefits in 2022. Now, on September 5th, BBA discovered this network disruption. They sought to investigate and all of that. They later determined an unauthorized party gained access in late August and grabbed certain data. And what we are talking about are names, social security numbers, health insurance information, medical information driver's license numbers, dates of birth, and other items like that. BBA began notifying impacted individuals on December 29th. Moving on, let's talk about community psychiatric, psychiatric tree, psychiatric psychiatry management or mind path health that just sounds better that's their dba mind path health heads up there psychiatry my god nick i can't speak today now on january 10th um they basically mind path health uh issued notice with the massachusetts attorney general as well after discovering an unauthorized party was able to gain access to two employee email accounts containing confidential patient information so Think of your PHI, names, addresses, social security numbers, medical diagnosis and treatment, health insurance information, prescription information, and more. Now, after confirming that this was leaked, they began sending out breach notices also. Moving on, let's talk about True Connect, because on January 11th, they filed a notice with Maine on an unauthorized uh, data breach that basically an unauthorized party was able to gain access to their network. And what we are talking about here are names, social security numbers, uh, including other personal information that was not disclosed. True Connect has also started sending out uh, basically disclaimers. Moving on, let's talk about the Hayward's Sister Hospital, also known as St. Rose Hospital, because on January 12th, they filed with the California State Attorney uh, after basically finding an unauthorized party had access and removed files containing sensitive patient information from their network. And so based on that, we're talking once again about names, social security numbers, dates of birth, email, and home addresses. They started sending out letters as well. So heads up to you, St. Rose Hospital or Hayward Sisters Hospital patients. Moving on. Let's talk about an insurance company out of Oregon, SAIF, because Oregon Workers' Compensation Insurer, SAIF, suffered a data breach last fall that may have exposed some policyholders' social security numbers and medical information. Much of that information is at least two decades old, interestingly enough, according to the organization, who filed claims in September saying that medical information may have been compromised. Unfortunately, even if it's two decades old, social security numbers almost never, ever change. I've got social security number. I'm stuck with it for life despite all the breaches it's been in. Thank you very much, Equifax. Moving on, let's talk about maternal and family health services because on January 10th, they filed a notice of data breach with various states' attorneys generals after learning that they had been targeted with a ransomware attack. Now, based on their filing, uh, what we are talking about here are names, addresses, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, passport information, social security numbers, financial account information, medical information, and health insurance information as well. After confirming this was leaked, basically they started sending out letters to 461,070 individuals, almost half a million caught up with MFHS or Maternal and Family Health Services. So heads up to you if you use MFHS for all your maternity and health needs. Moving on. This is an interesting one because <clears throat> it's kind of combined. We're going to be talking about Aflac. You know, you've heard the duck, Aflac, and also Zurich, which is obviously a huge uh, insurance provider, but specifically their branches in Japan because personal information for more than 1.3 million Aflac cancer insurance policyholders and almost 760,000 Zurich in, uh, in insurance auto insurance policyholders is on the dark web following a third-party hit by a shared contractor, apparently. Now, when we're talking about Aflac... 
we're talking about uh, basically, and again, this is for citizens of Japan, personal information leaked, including policyholders' last name, age, gender, insurance type number, coverage amount, and premiums. For Zurich, again, in Japan, we are talking about last names in katakana characters, gender, date of birth, email address, policy numbers, customer ID, vehicle name, grade, and other items related to automotive uh, insurance policy. So if you use Aflac or Zurich Insurance and you're in Japan, heads up to you. Moving on. Let's head on back to the United States with One America Financial Partners. On January 4th, they discovered, or I'm sorry, they submitted a breach notice to the Montana Attorney General after discovering an email phishing attack compromised their security on personal information. So what we are talking about here are names, uh, social security numbers, account numbers, driver's license, and credit card or debit card numbers. They've started notifying people, but heads up One America Financial Partners customers. Moving on. Let's talk about the British newspaper, The Guardian, because they confirm that cyber criminals access the personal details of their staff members during a ransomware attack, specifically the staff members that are in the United Kingdom. Now, The Guardian confirmed this data breach in an update email to its staff this past Wednesday, which the newspaper then reported on itself in their own publication after that. The Guardian also warned its UK staff that attackers had accessed their sensitive personal information as well. The newspaper has approximately 1,500 employees, 90% of which are in the UK, so heads up to you, Guardian staff. Moving on, let's talk about Dickie's Barbecue. This is actually an update from a data breach that occurred between 2019 through 2020. Now, they have agreed to pay $2.35 million to resolve these claims on their lax cybersecurity, and the settlement benefits U.S. residents who used a payment card to purchase at a Dickie's Barbecue Pit restaurant between April 23rd of 2019 and October 29th of 2020. So if you're a fan of Dickie's Barbecue and you're using your credit card at their stores or locations, between those dates, you may be entitled to compensation. <clears throat> Moving on. Let's talk about the San Francisco Bay Area Rapid Transit System, also lovingly known as BART. Now, BART was uh, basically listed this week by the ransomware gang Vice Society as being one of its latest victims. Now, a threat analyst with Emesis Soft uh, basically flagged this on January 6th. However, BART spokesperson Alicia Trost uh, told Dark Reading that there haven't been any serious service disruptions as a result of this cyber attack and that their investigation is ongoing. Now, the criminal attackers have posted an enormous amount of sensitive files um, to the internet, basically from the BART Systems Police Department, including specific allegations of child abuse. Now, the website uh, that basically that the BART Police, or it's called BART Police Leaks, were posted include more than 120,000 files, according to a review by NBC News. At least six scanned, unredacted reports detailing suspected child abuse are among these files. Those reports state the name and birth dates of the endangered children, and in some cases give descriptions of an adult and the alleged abuse. That obviously is a very huge problem, uh, very deep consideration for children, and here we are. So heads up to you uh, if you've had any run-ins specifically with the police squad for the uh, transit system BART in San Francisco, or maybe BART in general. We'll see what they've got, but heads up to you, BART users. Moving on. Let's talk about Shields Healthcare Group. This is actually an update because the Shields Healthcare Group allowed third-party criminal attackers to gain access to its computer systems during a March 2022 data breach that exposed the sensitive information of around 2 million patients. This is according to a new class action against them. So we're going to see where this goes, but as always, it's usually cheaper to just secure your infrastructure and pay up front than it is to pay class actions. So Shields Healthcare Group is probably going to be paying and you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on. 
Let's talk about the Legacy Operating Company. Uh, they're also known as Legacy Hospice. Now, on December 22nd, they filed a notice with Maine's Attorney General uh, after an unauthorized party was able to gain access to several employee email accounts containing confidential information. We are once again talking about names, social security, taxpayer IDs, dates of birth, dates of death, driver's license numbers, government identification numbers, financial account information, credit or debit card info, passport numbers, uh, protected health information as well. They've sent out letters, but heads up to you if you have a loved one in legacy hospice uh, that is basically going through this unfortunate mess. Moving on, let's talk about Fidelity Business Services Group, because on January 6th, they filed with the Attorney General of Texas following an incident in which an unauthorized party was able to gain access to confidential information that was within their infrastructure. Based on this filing, we are talking about first and last names, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, and other government-issued IDs. After confirming this, they've sent out notices of breach as well heads up Fidelity Building Service Group customers and employees. Moving on, let's talk about the Des Moines, Iowa public school system because Des Moines, Iowa public schools canceled classes this past Wednesday for a second straight day after a cybersecurity breach of the district servers that is basically being treated as a ransomware attack. Classes are scheduled to resume uh, or were scheduled to resume this Thursday morning after IT staff, quote, made significant progress in restoring many of our systems. That's according to district officials. Students basically should expect an off Offline learning experience with limited internet and no Wi-Fi. In addition, the district is extending the school year through June 2nd to make up for this lost time. It usually ends May 31st, so I'm glad. I'm, I'm sure the students will be thrilled on that. Hopefully, they are back online. I did not see a follow-up article saying that they were, but but here's hoping they are. So good luck, Des Moines Public Schools. You are one of many school districts that just easily gets hit. Moving on. We've got some finalies for you today. And the first finally is on remote work. That's right. Since the bomb dropping of the pandemic, we've all been working remote, or most of us have. Now, there has been some calls to return to work uh, in the office. But again, most of us are still remote. And here's what's going on. Because evidently, one of the most notable effects of remote work on business is an increased vulnerability in data breaches. And now we've got the numbers. As companies obviously have shifted their operations, cyber uh, cyber criminals have taken advantage of the lack of security controls. And here are are the numbers. And we see this just anecdotally when we are assessing organizations that have remote workers. The the security is obviously rather lax uh, in many of these cases, and that's something that needs to be needs to be addressed. Now, policy rack recently conducted research uh, to understand which countries and industries are most impacted by data breaches, the nations that the attackers tend to target frequently, as well as how remote work has influenced the cost of a breach. Now, the results revealed that the healthcare sector is paying a steep price for data breaches with the average cost of an incident estimated at $9.23 million. That's the highest figure among any industry surveyed. And you've just noticed I went through a whole bunch of healthcare breaches just this past seven days alone, as you've been listening or watching to me. Likewise, data breaches are incredibly costly to the financial sector as well. Their average cost is 5.27 million second only to healthcare. Now the data shows that the US is the most targeted nation by far. That is not that is not in doubt at all. There are a staggering 7.22 million incidents per 1 million people, meaning you and I are experiencing or, or have in some way, shape, or form, some periphery on seven and a quarter or seven and almost seven and a third or so, uh, basically incidents regarding our personal data wherever we're storing it. 
France is next at 6.48 million per every 1 million. Canada and the UK are also uh, basically popular targets as well. Australia has also been raising. We've seen some spectacular data breaches in Australia, unfortunately, uh, that have impacted a lot of that population. Now, the United States is the most costly country for data breach incidents. The cost average is 9 million, just over 9 million, and uh, basically 4.8 million more than the worldwide price tag of 4.2, meaning we are the most expensive country to recover as well. So this is obviously a huge thing. The research also has revealed that the cybersecurity landscape in the U.S. has been proven proven perilous with 2.4 billion data breaches since its inception, including 452 million within the last three years alone. That is, I think, a very accurate number in the sense that the breaches that we report are, are staggeringly low. I've just gone through, what, 20-odd breaches in the past week here with you, however, 10, 20 breaches, and I promise you that is a drop in the bucket. I have literally been in meetings where the company says, despite my you know my advice we are never going to report this this is never going to see the light of day i'm not sitting here talking about them on you know on on this podcast or video or on my radio show so that's obviously a huge problem but there you go 30 million additional records have already been compromised in january and i am halfway through january right now talking to you on the 15th so this is a huge problem and one of the leading causes of this is remote work so if you have a remote workforce you've got to make sure you're training them they've got good cyber hygiene ideally they've got company issued hardened equipment it's the best way to do it than opposing opposed to use the family computer because god knows what junior is doing on that thing in two in the morning so a huge huge thing and with that Let's keep on going because we have one more finally for you, and this is the U.S. Department of Interior, and this is why we have a serious problem with the federal government and cybersecurity. I am literally going to have an article published, I believe, tomorrow on essentially the FAA and the massive glitch that 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 knocked out all of air travel. I happen to be sitting at O'Hare when that happened, so I wrote an article about it, and it's going to get. I should be published tomorrow on Monday, but this obviously is a huge, huge issue. Now, here's what's going on with the Department of Interior. And I think this is indicative of the rest of the federal government. More than one-fifth of the passwords protecting the network accounts at the U.S. Department of the Interior basically are weak enough to be cracked using standard methods. And that's according to a recently published security audit. Now, the audit was performed uh, by the Inspector General, which obtained the cryptographic hashes for 85,944 uh, employee Active Directory accounts. The auditors then used a list of more than 1.5 billion words that included things like dictionary for multiple language, U.S. government terminology, pop culture references, publicly available password lists harvested from past data breaches across both the public and private sector and common keyword patterns such as QWERTY, you know, because people just will write down the row and type QWERTY. Now, these results kind of sucked. In all, the auditors cracked 18,174, roughly 21% of the 85,944 cryptographic hashes that they tested. 288 of those were elevated users. 362 of those belonged to senior government employees. In the first 90 minutes of testing, auditors cracked the hashes for 16% of the department's user accounts. That is insane. Now, the audit also, interestingly enough, covered another security weakness the failure to consistently implement multi-factor authentication, or MFA. The failure extended to 25 
or 89% of the 20, uh, 28 high-value assets, which when breached would have a potential uh, severe impact on agency operations. Meaning as you're logging into those 28 high-valued portals with data and information to get your job at the Department of Interior done, 25 of them, 89%, really didn't have multi-factor authentication enabled or consistent. Meaning you got a 1,000 users, maybe 200 have it and 800 don't. That is a huge problem. And the commonly used passwords that the Department of Interior found are absolutely ridiculous. I mean, listen to these. <clears throat> these are the top passwords that they found that they could easily and instantly crack because these have been used constantly. The first one is with a capital P, password dash, one, two, three, four. The dash makes it secure. On top of that, we have Broncos 2012 with the O's and Bronco uh, being zeros and the S being um, a dollar sign. I'm guessing the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 2012. I don't know. You tell me. Then we've got password, again, capital P, password one, two, three, four, dollar sign, password one, two, three, four capital p how about summer sun 2020 with the e in summer being a three way way to secure that here's orlando underscore zero 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 orlando with a zero in the front of it password one two three four exclamation point change it one two three one two three four password dollar sign and change it now exclamation point with an o for the uh, for the zero for the O. Those are horrible, horrible passwords. Uh, I've done a whole bunch of stuff on passwords and what makes a good password. You can go watch or listen to that, but there you go. Those were your breaches of the week. Absolutely nuts. The US government really needs to up their game. There needs to be consistency. Again, I've got an article that is gonna go into detail with this and this and the FAA issue really underscore the problems that we've got in technology debt, in management of the federal government's IT and cybersecurity system. So we'll see where this goes, but those are your breaches of the week. Another crazy week. Were you affected? Yeah, you probably just were. Let's leave it at that. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.